a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah... Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot and Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Tuesday night, 18th of April. Welcome to it. Good evening, Diane. Hello, Craig, and how are you today? Good. Good. I'm uh, I'm getting ready for the weekend. Big weekend around here. It's the Bargain Byways weekend. And, oh, no, wait a minute. That's next weekend. This weekend is an auction, so I'm getting ready for that, too. Oh, okay. I don't know why you keep okay. thinking Bargain Byways is this weekend. It's not. It's a week from now. And that that is kind of a, a 250-mile loop in uh, north-central Nebraska of one garage sale after the next. Well, that's cool. You never know what you'll find. Yeah, and I mean, some of it is, is you know, garage sale, garage sale. Some of it's more flea market-ish. You never know. You know, Right, and, maybe you'll find some good antiques. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I didn't go last year. Um and so I'm really kind of looking forward to it this year. Now, the auction is going to be over in Valentine, Nebraska, this Saturday. And they got some interesting stuff. I was looking online at the auction house and uh, looking at some of the photos and, and things. So, you know, I, I never know because you, you can look at all the photos they put up, but you can't see everything, right. uh, you know, that's there. And... Um, so you never really know what you're going to find. I remember going to one of those last year. It was kind of late in the summer, early in the fall, I think it was. And I knew they had some clocks, and I collect clocks. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I'll go and I'll you know just kind of see and everything. Well, holy crap, did they have clocks? I mean, they must have had 300 clocks. Wow. And by the photos, I never would have known. So I picked up a couple and uh, and a box of parts uh, and things that I'll use for other things. But, you know, I enjoy that kind of stuff. It, it's kind of fun. It, it gets me out of the gets me out of the daily grind, and I, I kind of need that every once in a while. Well, everybody does. I love auctions. I've gotten some great things at auctions. I, you know, over the years, I've done really well at auctions. Every once in a while, I'll go and I won't, I won't come home with a darn thing, and and I'll be mad because maybe I should have gone a little higher. But you know, I kind of draw a limit and and stick to it, and 
You know, if I if I win something, I win it, and if I don't, I don't. Uh, I only broke my limit rule once, and it was for a very fine piece of uh, Drexel Heritage furniture, and uh, I was competing against just one man, and he kept going higher and higher, and I kept looking at my husband, and he finally <laughs> said to me, "Go for it," and uh, I. I did the uh, price that I thought was fair, and I got it. Well, you know, sometimes that's a good ploy because, you know, if you know if you're going up ten, twenty, thirty bucks, uh, you know, at a pop, people just keep going, and you have a bidding war. But if you if you make a jump and uh, and and actually say what you think it's worth, you can scare those people out of it. Right, and. You know? uh, well, especially because this was not ten, twenty, thirty dollar thing. This was this was a uh, very good piece of furniture, and I just took a deep breath and I went over what I ever thought I would do. But he he just looked at me and he got scared and said, "It's yours." Yeah, I mean, and that's what it takes sometimes, you know. If you if you know what a piece is worth, and mm-hmm. and you know what it's worth to you. You know, mm-hmm. to have it every once in a while, you just got to go for it and yes. and make that jump and scare the competition out of the bidding. Yeah, and especially because the owners of the auction house, I had purchased many things from them, and they were like rooting for me, and and <laughs> it was well, when I can remember it like it was yesterday. You know, and I've been at auctions here <clears throat> where the auction house. If they have a piece and they can't get anybody to bid on it, they'll look at me and go, Craig, give me a dollar. <laughs> I'm like, yep. <laughs> you know. Um, and I told them one time they were having trouble. I can't remember what it was. I told them one time. I said, if you give me five bucks, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that, that didn't work, but, you know, whatever. Folks, we got an interesting show for you tonight. Diane, you're talking about the police gun control and constitutional carry. Yes. I'm talking about drunk on woke, Bud goes broke. Oh, did you see what Bud's trying to do now? Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for uh, the discussion after that segment. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, let's start with quick hitters and one of our favorite people, Elon Musk. Uh, he was uh, in a, a big interview with Tucker Carlson last night, and the second part of that interview is going to be aired tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was a fascinating interview. I, I find Elon Musk to be just an absolutely fascinating individual. But at one point, they were talking about Twitter, and yes. he confirmed that before he bought Twitter, and and let's let's be honest, he bought it from the FBI. Bef- yeah. be- before he bought Twitter from the FBI, yes. <laughs> the uh, the intel agencies, including the FBI, had full unfettered access to what? To basically anything that private citizens put up, including messages, private messages. Uh, basically anything, and and he was amazed when he found this out. There was no encryption. Usually, if you do private messages, you encrypt, but there right. was not that on Twitter. Yeah, he he brought up some interesting things about that encryption and and other things. Um, 
you know, he said uh, they had an edit button on there that didn't even work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's a pretty simple thing, you know. Uh, so he was having trouble figuring out what they what exactly they were spending money on. But when it came to the direct messages, the DMs and, and uh, private messages and things, he said, you know, probably later this month or very early in May, you're going to have the ability to toggle on and off your own encryption. Yes. And, and that's and, amazing. But, Craig, he has not announced, is that going to be for pay or is that going to be everybody? I think it's going to be everybody. But I, I don't hold me to it. I don't know for sure. And I don't think it is. Because remember, the... Uh, top echelon of Twitter, they pay and they get that symbol after anything they put up. Right. You know, it's still for him, and he has every right to do this, it is a business for him. It is a money-making operation. So is he going to, you know, allow that to go out free to everybody? I'm not convinced of that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, yes. Some of the other stuff he talked about regarding Twitter was that uh, 80% of the staff that was there the day he bought it is gone. Yeah, well, that's good. I don't find anything wrong with that. No, and, and he again, he was kind of amazed. He, he said, I, I couldn't figure out what they all did. You know, nothing. he said, they collected money for doing nothing." He said, "Obviously, Twitter didn't need them." You know, so what what they were doing there is is kind of mind boggling. But maybe uh, they were all the sense. Maybe they were all the censors. Well, that could be. You uh-huh. know, they're they're down to twenty percent of the staff that was there when he bought it, and it still seems to be running just fine. Right, and he's also brought his own people in, which was wise. Well, yeah. Can you imagine buying a cesspool like that and keeping the snakes? Oh, please. No. No. That only happens in the government. I mean, good you Lord. Know, someone new, new comes in and they keep the, the old administration stuff. Not a good idea. But you know what was fascinating to me? More than the Twitter thing, per se, was the discussion about AI. You know, that AI discussion was eye-opening yes and i think he's right in a lot of regards about ai he's concerned about it and this Mm -hmm. isn't new for him he's been concerned about ai for a long time yeah yeah and people should be concerned about it because you know very simple thing what happens when the machines start to program and air quotes here think for themselves yeah they were, human input we're kind of seeing the 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 cutting edge of that right mm-hmm. now and the, the ramifications of it could possibly be dire very all, uh, all i know is he said a very good thing about you know someone has to be on top of this right but i say no way should our government be in control of AI? I don't think any government should. I, I think it's um, I think it's too right for malfeasance for any government. Uh, 
to have control of artificial intelligence. Yeah, the only um, part of AI that I think that maybe organizations like NASA and even SpaceX should be involved in is AI in outer space. Yeah, but even that comes with risks. Anything comes with risk. Well, you anything. Know, I, mean, I mean, getting up in the morning comes with a risk. Well, yeah. You know, and, and you and, can't stop progress either. It's not right to stop progress, but you have to sort of, I think, have impartial people. It, it has to stay out of the political arena, AI. It needs to be controlled by scientists, physicists, you know, people, uh, people with intelligence, if you want to call it that. Well, intelligence and integrity. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's going to be an interesting thing. And obviously, Musk is very concerned about it. He's, uh, he's talking about uh, starting up a company, not to regulate it, but to monitor Right, and that's okay. It should yeah. be monitored. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what he comes up with. He had a company in the past uh, called OpenAI. That's been mm-hmm. taken over basically by Google. Google is the ones right now in charge of most of the AI, not all of it. Uh, and when it comes to artificial intelligence, I think Google is about the last company you want running that show. Well, you know who's really going to get involved in AI is the private sector. Yes, right. And you're not going to have to worry about Google anymore. And uh, I think the right with the right people, AI could be very, very beneficial. Right now, it's somewhere between a tool and a toy. Yeah. You know, but I a lot of people think it's a toy it's not it's not and i think it's going to grow exponentially and rapidly very well might we'll keep an eye on it and maybe down the road we'll do a a friday show about artificial intelligence oh absolutely okay uh kevin mccarthy is warning of america's ticking time bomb and what he's talking about is the debt load america's carrying well, I got a solution for that, Craig. We all know the debt. I mean, it is the debt, but it is also number shifting on paper. And yes, we could default on our interest payments and etc. However, there's a very easy way to sort of balance our debt. All the countries that owe us money and all the entitlement programs and the garbage we're spending on, Cut it all. Okay. And guess what? Funnel that money into bringing down the debt. You know, that that's not a bad idea. Of course, people will scream and holler, but... Yeah, you know, you know cut things like uh, welfare. You know, these people getting 10 and 12 checks a month. And, right. uh, you know, I, I'm not talking about legitimate, you know, people that really need certain things. But there's so much fraud going on in this entitlement systems. Oh. Take all that money away. Stop paying illegals. Stop doing everything for illegals. You know, you've got 
countless billions of dollars tied up in here. You know, if, with that on paper into bringing down the debt ceiling. If you take away people's entitlements, there will be yelling. There's not yelling now. <laughs> well, they're there they're yelling, "Give me more!" Exactly. You know, um, I think Kevin McCarthy's doing a pretty good job now. He's he's yeah. you know been the speaker of the house now for just barely over a hundred days, and I got to say, I'm pleasantly surprised, pleased at the way he's handling the job, and I think he has actually put together a pretty good plan uh, for the debt ceiling. Now, he's willing to raise the debt ceiling, but only by 1% every year until we can get this uh, debt paid down. And, of course, there's going to be yelling about that, too. Biden won't even right. talk to him. The Democrats won't talk to him. You know, they, they want to pile on the debt. And even though right. it's numbers on paper and you can shuffle some of it around, I'll tell you what, piling it on right now in this economic climate is a disaster in the making. Oh, no question about it. That's the last thing we should do is that kind of raising of the debt ceiling. But I, I really think we need to start cutting superficial programs, fluff programs. You know, shrimp have run on that treadmill now for how many years, Craig? Yeah, they haven't gotten anywhere. And they haven't gotten anywhere. You know, we need to cut the stupid programs. We need to put more monies back into our military. Take it away from affirmative action and, and all that nonsense right. with um, well, uh, equity. And, and put it where it really belongs. Helping all of the people, not selective little groups. And get I, the countries that owe us money. Get our money from them. Right. China's, Why aren't we going after the, those loans? I'm sure China's check is in the mail. Along with Russia's and well, yeah. sorted others, right? Well, listen, I real quickly, I've got a whole uh, different thing. And if you do my thing in combination with your thing, I think we got it whipped. Okay, what is it? We go back to drilling holes in the ground and not only become energy independent, but a net energy exporter. Because if we're exporting energy and we can drop the price of gas and we can undercut OPEC and, and uh, you know some of those nations, our GDP will rise substantially. And when our Absolutely. GDP is above the amount of debt we're taking on, we're in great shape. So if I, you do I'm what I'm saying and, and do what you're saying, I think we're in good, good, you know, fiscal shape. I'm going to add something to that. Okay, the technology behind electric vehicles, I understand the technology, but we're not at the point where we could do the batteries ourselves. We cannot really... Uh, this is not the right time. We're not far enough in battery technology, especially since the lithium mainly comes from China. So get rid of all the electric car nonsense. Get rid of all the wind turbine nonsense. And there you got a lot of money. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not – you don't have to be an economic genius to find a way out of this. No, you don't. You, you just have to use a little common sense. But they're not doing that. They well, want to just pile on more debt. More spending, and then more taxes, yeah. and then more spending, yeah. and then more taxes. I mean, it's a vicious circle. Very vicious. Um, here's something interesting. Kyle Rittenhouse is back in the news. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. he's back in court because the guy he shot uh, in the arm just about blew the guy's arm off. Uh, that guy is suing Kyle Rittenhouse. Right. The guy was ready to kill him, but because Kyle shot first, he's a victim. Right. Now, that guy, um, I, can't, I can't remember his name right off. Um, his name is Gage Grosskreutz. Yeah, Grosskreutz. Um, Grosskreutz, <laughs> this, this is about the most bizarre thing in the world. Uh, he's claiming emotional damages and loss of money and, and all sorts of things. He admitted in the trial, in, in the original Kyle Rittenhouse trial, he admitted that he had a gun to Kyle Rittenhouse's head and he was getting ready to pull the trigger when Rittenhouse fired first. How does this guy win this lawsuit? First of all, how does this even make it to a trial? This is a joke. And now Kyle is filing a counter lawsuit and he's going to win again. What doesn't this guy get? He should just, you know, fade away. He needs this guy, you know, uh, Grosskreutz needs to shut up and go away. I mean, I don't know how yeah. else to put it. He's not going to win his case, and Kyle Rittenhouse probably will win his case. Um, mm-hmm. The guy is on record in court. We all saw live on, <coughs> live on television. He admitted mm-hmm. that he was going to kill Kyle Rittenhouse, that he had a gun to Kyle Rittenhouse's head. When Kyle right. Rittenhouse fired first, there's no way he can win this thing. No, this is self-defense. This is this is so stupid. This is a waste of taxpayer money just bringing this into the lawsuit, you know, status. This no judge, no lawyer should have taken this. This guy he really belongs in jail. He's a nut. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how else to put it. The guy's a nut. Um, Yeah, but the bleeding heart liberals, you know, they'll back him. I mean, and then they're going to get all mad again because Kyle Rittenhouse wins again. Right. You know, I mean, this this is crazy. Uh, We'll keep an eye on this lawsuit because this is going to get interesting. And finally, in the quick hitters tonight, SpaceX is in yes. the news. You and I were all set. We were we were glued down yesterday because we were expecting the first launch of a fully stacked starship over 400 feet tall, the biggest rocket ever built, most powerful rocket ever built. And it gets down to T minus 40 and they shut it down. And you know, originally everybody thought they were testing the um the payload, the the fuel but no, it was shut down due to a frozen valve. Now, I can understand that. That thing generates a tremendous amount of ice. 
Yes. All that liquid propellant is very, very cold. It's chilly. Um, mm-hmm. You could freeze the balls off a brass monkey uh, around that thing. And I'm not surprised that they had a pressure valve freeze up, but now they're talking about trying it again this Thursday. I think they should. The sooner we get back into space, test this rocket, because this is one of them that very well could be uh, the one that takes men back to the moon, Mars, and beyond. And you know what gets me about this rocket, Craig, which is a little different than the others? It's all stainless steel. It looks very sci-fi. Yes. You know, you and I were, were sitting there watching it yesterday and, you know, the the countdown and, and everything and some of the shots they had, the camera angles they had on that thing. Yes. It Beautiful. looks like something that we imagined 50, 60 years ago that rockets would look like. They've never looked like that until now. No. And what's amazing, folks, the booster itself uses 33 engines. And there are those Raptor engines. Just to lift it off. I mean, the the sheer power of this thing is totally unbelievable how the ground must shake when that lifts off i tweeted out yesterday leading up to the canceled launch uh wondering if we're going to be able to feel the rumble up here in north uh central nebraska on thursday when that thing goes because i don't think so no i i know we won't but i mean that's going to register on uh seismographic instruments um, oh, yeah. the, the Apollo 11 did. You know, the Apollo missions all did. Um, this thing is more powerful. 33 Raptor engines uh, all firing at once. The, you know, the the viewing station or viewing platform, whatever you want to call it for this, is a good number of miles away from Boca Chica, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, people that are there are going to feel that. Oh, they'll feel it. But, you know, there's other things that are really interesting about this rocket. Number one, their fuel is actually methane, when most high-powered rockets actually use hydrogen for fuel because it's lighter and it's proven to be highly efficient. But Elon Musk said, no, we're not going that way. We're going to go with methane because it's cheaper to produce and easier to handle. It's a combination of liquid methane and liquid oxygen. And they they mix the two together, and it provides a tremendous amount of thrust. Right. Now, I do know, and I did find out today, that NASA will be testing their version of this, uh, hopefully this summer. And that's the Artemis? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so maybe I'll maybe I'll be there for the launch. You know, I mean, this this is getting real interesting real fast. Now, this particular Starship will not make a full orbit; it's about three right. quarters of an orbit. Uh, it will not land as we're used to seeing SpaceX rockets land. Uh, this thing, both parts of it are going to splash down uh, right. in the ocean. the The first stage 
is going to come down in the Gulf of Mexico area. And the second stage that makes it three quarters of the way around the Earth is going to come down just north of Hawaii. I wonder, is this, is this going to be reusable? This one, no. This one is no, disposable. No, I didn't think so. Yeah. I mean, this particular rocket is disposable. Now, in the future, it's all going to be reusable. The Both stages are going to be reusable. Right. Uh, eventually, they will be attempting a landing at Boca Chica, Texas, where mm-hmm. they have the launch platform, and it's got what they call the chopsticks on it. And the, mm-hmm. the first stage will come down, and those chopsticks will close in on it and catch it, literally mm-hmm. catch it. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens when we actually set a date. First, we're going back to the moon. Will, will uh, because SpaceX is tied into NASA, folks. Right. They're separate, but they're, they're tied in. It'll be interesting which will be the first ship to go. Will it be an Artemis or will it be SpaceX? Yeah. Time is going to tell. You know, yes. it, it's going to be interesting. Thursday, you and I will once again be glued to it, hoping to see uh, fire under the uh, the rocket. 4 p.m. And, 4 p.m. EST, right? Yeah, 4 p.m. Eastern time, yeah. uh, 3 yeah. o'clock uh, Texas time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll be watching on Thursday, and whatever happens, we'll talk about it on Friday. Absolutely. You know, Elon put out a Musk the or Elon Musk put out a tweet the other day. It said, "Success, maybe. Exciting, definitely." Yes. So we got that yes. to look forward to. All right, we got to take a break. We're at the bottom of the hour. Um, when we come back, Diane's got it with police, the police, gun control, and constitutional carry. About thirty minutes from now, I'm talking about drunk on woke, bud goes broke. Stay with us. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both 
on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Tuesday night, and if you miss any part of the show, all you need to do is go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button. Bob's your uncle. They're all there. <laughs> this show will be there. All the other shows will be there, and they're waiting for you. Yes. You know, so have at it. All right, so... There's a bunch of stuff that's been going on uh, in our country regarding guns and liberals going crazy and and uh, conservatives uh, wanting to hold to the Constitution. You took a look at all of it, but you did what we, you and I, always do. You stood back. You looked at the bigger picture. Yes, and you I came- even got some solutions. Yeah, and this is this is very interesting, folks. I've had the uh, the preview on this: uh, the police, gun control, and constitutional carry. And let's start by saying, last Saturday, Texas Governor Greg Abbott asked his state's Board of Pardons and Paroles to pardon and expedite said pardon in regards to Army Sergeant Daniel Perry, convicted of murder and facing life in prison. Sergeant Perry shot 28-year-old Black Lives Matter protester Garrett Foster during a July 25, 2020 anti-police protest following George Floyd's death. The protester, who pointed an AK-47 at Perry, who was driving his vehicle as an Uber on the night in question, was simply trying to maneuver to safety through a crowd of violent BLM protesters when Foster pointed said AK-47 into the open window of Perry's car, ready to pull the trigger. Perry, who admitted at trial that he shot Foster with a three fifty seven revolver, obviously fearing for his life, and in self-defense, responded by opening fire and killing the rioting thug, and rightfully so, under Texas's stand-your-ground law. After all, armed and anything but peaceful protesters blocking a major street and pointing guns at cars, simply trying to get through, in actuality, constitutes a riot. Simply, self-defense is not and must never be considered murder, no matter what the jury or this Soros-backed prosecutor say, a prosecutor who has a radical leftist agenda of his own to push forward, an agenda that has nothing to do with justice at all. And besides, taking out the garbage, as in a violent and armed BLM thug, in my opinion, is doing Texas citizens a public service. Also, a few weeks ago in California, a suspect who was known as a known gang member, a man with a $1 million warrant out for his arrest, a man with a long and extensive criminal record who was just released from prison late last year, was now wanted for both murder and attempted murder. Able to flee from the police after being cornered, a chase ensued, along with orders being given for the suspect to surrender. But not only did said suspect fail to comply, 
but he then physically attacked a female Southgate police officer, punched her in the face, and tried to disarm her, where at this point the officer, who heroically would not let go of her weapon, fatally shot the suspect two times and who died of his wounds on scene. And surprisingly, it was not, this happened in California after all, it was not this, but this man who was actually yet another convicted felon with a gun, a gun wrongfully gotten, but thankfully being recovered on scene. Thus, no charges would be leveled against the officer, or should be leveled, I should say, as this indeed was a justifiable takedown. And, as with the armed BLM protester, this piece of garbage, who would surely have killed said officer if given the chance, saved California taxpayers huge sums of money on both the trial and his what would sure be decades-long incarceration. But, Craig, reality being what it is, and with California's DAs being some of the most liberal in the country, said suspect, if caught, would probably have gotten away with but a slap on the wrist, if even that. Well, you take those two incidents, uh, the one in Texas, the one in California, but that that wasn't the end of it over the last 10 days to two weeks because there was another incident that took place in Louisville, Kentucky, right? And this one took place in a bank. Yes. Last Monday, former intern and now at least before he was shot. He was a full-time associate and portfolio banker. His name was Connor Sturgeon. He was 25 years old. And he casually walked into the old National Bank in Louisville, Kentucky, and killed five people, with one dying of their wounds in hospital, including both a police officer and two close friends of Kentucky's governor, Andy Beshear and injured nine others. And why? Simply because he had recently been told that he was being let go. Thankfully, this but yet another, in my opinion, piece of human garbage, died in a shootout with police. Police who arrived on scene within three minutes of receiving the call that a shooting was in progress at the bank. But instead of focusing on the victims and the lives the police action saved, liberal media news sites instead kept pointing out that Kentucky is one of 26 states that allow permitless carry of firearms for eligible adults, eligible as in non-felony convicted adults. In fact, Kentucky passed a law back in 2019 that removed the provisions that mandate state gun owners pass a background check if they were going to conceal carry a firearm. Simply, in Kentucky, as per the law, most adults over 21 can purchase and carry a firearm and take said firearm to most places in the state without a license. Too bad no one in the bank that day was carrying. More lives probably would have been saved and injuries prevented even before the police arrived on scene. So here we have three cases of good guys with guns taking out bad guys with guns. But in the Texas case, the good guy was Army Sergeant Daniel Perry, was deemed to be the bad guy. And why? Because prosecutors said 
Perry had plenty of choices, including driving away, but instead chose to fire his legally purchased revolver, no matter that Garrett Foster approached him and pointed an AK-47 rifle directly into his car, an assault weapon more deadly than any revolver will ever be. Craig, and so we have excuses again being made for a perpetrator's actions, excuses made by prosecutors who align with the left as the perpetrator becomes the victim and the true victim morphs into the perp. Kind of an upside-down, ass-backwards world, if you ask me. Now, Bizarre. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Now, here in Nebraska, uh, my state senator from our 43rd district is on the cusp of doing something right now that your governor, Ron DeSantis, got through and signed just a couple of days ago. And this is an important bellwether, I think, for a lot of conservative states. I think so, too. too. And, you know, here I have to give kudos, a thank you, and a shout out to our great Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for on July 1st of this year, permitless concealed carry, a.k.a. constitutional carry, goes into effect, giving new meaning to the old adage behind every blade of grass. And while the great state of Texas allows open carry, no concealing of firearms is necessary. I actually believe that concealing one's firearm is better. Why so? Because the bad guys won't know who other than the police might have a firearm on their person, which in itself might lead to reduced crime numbers, for even the bad guys don't want to be blown away by their would-be victims. And here's something to now think about, for better or worse. What would happen to crime numbers if all of America's police went plain clothes? Would those out to do harm be forced to think twice about their actions, not knowing who would be their victim and who could take them down? I think that's a strong possibility indeed. But at this point, I think the best we can hope for is that more states amend whatever gun laws they have in place and adopt into law constitutional carry. Why so? Because the firearm haters and misguided gun control loons see no sign of abating anytime soon. And while the anti-gun numbers remain basically unchanged over these past few years, those who still cannot accept the reality that guns don't kill people, people kill people, seem to be more vocal than ever. In fact, the blame game once again has fallen on Republicans, whom Biden blames for the recent increase in gun violence. Quote, once again, our nation mourns after a senseless act of gun violence, Biden tweeted after the Kentucky shooting, adding that, quote, Jill and I pray for the lives lost and impacted by today's shooting. Too many Americans are paying for the price of inaction with their lives. When will Republicans in Congress act to protect our communities, end quote. But the truth remains, whether Biden and crew like it or not, that more gun violence, that more are killed by Democrats on the Democrats' watch, both in states and cities they control, than it does when Republicans are in charge. After all, 
left-leaning district attorneys more times than not refuse to prosecute, let alone charge, those who have been arrested time and time again. In fact, prior to the Kentucky Bank shooting, in the first three and a half months of this year alone, there were at least 145 mass shootings here in the U.S., with many committed by so-called career criminals whose previous sentences were barely served. And this is according to data from the Gun Violence Archive, who defines a mass shooting as one in which at least four people are shot and killed, excluding the shooter. And Craig, in Democrat cities and states, both having the strictest gun laws, sees them having the highest murder rates and shootings in the U.S., proving that gun control does not work. Well, you know, there's a lot of posturing on the left when it comes to guns and gun control, but the numbers, when when you look at the data, it doesn't prop up the posturing. Now, be, beside that, and maybe apart from that, the gun control agenda from the left really has a dismal track record. Yeah. Simply, you know, gun control has been tried time and time before, and in a word, it's failed. For example, after the recent shooting at the Nashville Covenant School, Biden put pressure on Congress to look at imposing a ban on what's called assault weapons, weapons that were legally purchased and used during the Covenant School attack. In fact, Biden actually pleaded with Congress to act, saying that, quote, why in God's name do we allow these weapons of war on our streets and at our schools, end quote. Simple answer, we don't. But the fact sadly remains that those hell-bent on committing such atrocities will always find a way to secure such weapons. And more times than not, they secure them via criminal means than by legally purchasing them. And the fact is that mass murders rose in number even after a 1994 federal assault weapons ban became part of the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act. And why? Because said ban was limited in scope, pertaining only to certain categories of semi-automatic weapons alone, including but not limited to AR-15s. Also, the act applied only to purchases done after the act was signed into law, thus allowing folks to keep such weapons purchased before its implementation date went into effect. And while the law as passed included a sunset provision, which allowed the ban to expire in 2004, the murder rate itself did not go down, nor did the number of mass shootings even with said act in place you know that's an important that that's an important point um you know and and this is something folks the liberals don't want you to know these details okay they just they just don't because these details fly in the face of their gun control agenda but diane these things these these shootings like this they don't happen in a vacuum there's always other circumstances swirling around them 
Right, and that's the reason why. And, you know, while some claim that even with a fair amount of gun control laws already in place, that certain key factors contribute to the current rise in both murder rates and mass shootings, especially in workplace shootings. And it's things like domestic violence, political and religious extremism, undiagnosed and or untreated mental illness, overly lenient laws regarding the purchase of firearms, firearms, easy for you, not fire alarms, firearms, (laughs) along with the rise in color-based hate groups that these folks use as excuses. But the simple fact is that those determined to commit murder for whatever reason don't give a damn about old, let alone newly proposed gun control laws, and never will, rendering excuses made, but fodder for the gullible and Second Amendment haters alone. Simply, gun control laws never stopped and never will stop anyone set on killing, for all said laws do is test the will of the killer by turning the act of killing itself into a challenge of sorts that too many are willing to gamble their own life upon, a truly warped game of Russian roulette, if you will. Better to live in the annals of infamy than to die a nobody, so believes many twisted minds, minds solely focused on completing their self-anointed mission. And it's this very thing that the left side of the political aisle, along with the anti-gun sorts, refuse to see, let alone accept as fact. And until these folks do, until those relishing in what is actually a form of blindfolded justice, until families act on the warning signs many killers taunt their family and friends with before they commit unspeakable acts, the number of mass shootings of innocents and murders in general will continue to rise. And it's the good guys with guns, meaning the police, who will be the ones left to shoulder the blame and have to answer for the takedown of folks who in reality are simply better off dead. Harsh words, I know, but reality and truth often does tend to be unkind. Case closed. You know, I, th- I think you're right, Diane. I, the, you know, how many times over the past 10 years do we hear about a shooter in a situation and then find out in short order that there were so many red flags, it looked like a parade. You know, I mean, uh, you hear about it all the time. Everybody knew the person was off. Everybody knew the person had the potential for violence. Everybody was scared of the person, so on and so forth. You know, you hear about it all the time, and yet those people closest, those people who know that person better than anybody, do nothing. Right. Well, I can speak of the one not far from where I am in Parkland, the Parkland school shooting, 17 dead. The kid who killed murdered those 17 people since he was in grade school, had a record that followed him all the way to high school, that he was mentally unbalanced. Did his mother do anything? No. Father? No. He kept being passed from grade to grade. He'd have little um, uh, evaluations, re-evaluations. 
the, his own classmates were afraid of him, thought he was weird, and yet he was still allowed to go to school because, God forbid, somebody's mentally ill and belongs in an insane asylum. Yeah, you got to mainstream those people, you know, and we saw the same thing. Yeah, we saw the same thing uh, with uh, Jared, and I can't think of his last name, um, another mass shooter from a couple of years ago. Um, Everybody knew he was not right. And everybody right. was everybody was afraid of him. Yet they mainstreamed him because, oh no, you don't want to offend people like that. You know, you you have to mainstream them. Well, see what happens. You know, and and this right. is the ongoing thing. And then and then Diane, what we always hear is, oh, they somehow fell through the cracks. No, they didn't fall through the cracks. The cracks ignored them because it's not politically correct to call someone insane or to say they're dangerous. It's we have become a political correct society. We now throw wokeism. Common sense is long gone. We're we're in a terrible mess right now, guys. And that's why these kind of things continue to happen. And it's not because of our side. It's because of those who make excuses for people that really do not belong amongst civilized men and women. And you can't go soft on crime as a DA or a prosecutor and expect any of this stuff to lighten up because all you're doing is encouraging more of it at every level. I mean, every level of crime from nonviolent to violent crime. If you don't prosecute the criminals, you're just encouraging more people to become criminals because there are no ramifications for it and and there is no deterrent to it. No, it's almost like a game. You know, we'll we'll do more laws and more laws and more laws. Well, someone in a warped mind, you you can't be sane to commit mass murder, folks. There's no sanity to taking innocent lives. They would rather placate them, inclusion, than worry yeah. about innocent people well. that are being brutally murdered, slaughtered. Well, let me let me pose to you the question I pose to gun control people when uh, the topic comes up when I'm you know face to face with them, and it's it's the question they can't answer. It's pretty much a rhetorical question, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I think other people might benefit from asking the same question in particular situations. They say they want more gun control laws. We must have more gun control laws. And well, we've got a whole lot of gun control laws on the books right now, and they don't seem to be working. But isn't murder against the law? In any form, isn't murder against the law? It's a yes or no question. On the books, yes. In yes, reality, okay. it's, it's no. a yes. It's a yes or no question. Okay. So murder is against the law. So mm-hmm. why hasn't why hasn't that stopped murders? You can, you know, first degree murder is against the law, second degree murder is against the law, manslaughter, third degree murder, um, negligent homicide, uh, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. We've got a lot of laws on the books against murder, and yet people yeah. still murder other people. The law it's a game is, to them. Yeah, it's the a law game. isn't going to stop it. You can make as many laws as you want. You're not going to stop it. Right. Right. You're not. And, and then when you add in the fact that the laws are there, but the DAs, the prosecutors, the, the, they won't do their jobs. 
Yeah, that's the other side of that ugly coin. They won't. I mean, cities like New York and Chicago are disaster areas now. They're letting criminals go, not even with a slap on the wrist. And we're not just talking little petty crimes. Even murderers they're letting go. Yeah, very violent criminals are out on the street in a matter of hours. Child molesters. I mean, our society has been turned so upside down. The left has no conception of right from wrong. Now, you and I haven't really talked about this before, but I'm going to bring it up because you just kind of brought up child molesters, and I I think it kind of fits into this. I had a story in my local news of a teacher uh, that was charged with having uh, a sexual affair with a student, a 15-year-old student. This woman was 29 years old, right? And Mm -hmm. she had been charged with some pretty serious counts. And she accepted a plea deal a couple of days ago, and she's going to spend all of 90 days in jail 90 days oh my god now i mean i understand justice is supposed to be blind and evenly applied but shouldn't we hold certain people in certain positions to a higher standard and when you're talking about the abuse of children shouldn't teachers be held to just about the highest standard there is i would think so but the um when you take the statistics, the amounts of teachers having affairs, if you will, with students pales in comparison to the amount of children being sexually abused I, by pedophiles. Yeah, I agree, and I understand. But, uh, you know, there's not much of a difference between a teacher doing this to a student and some pedophile on the street doing it to the student, because in my mind... The teacher is every bit the pedophile that the guy on the street is. Yes. You know? Yeah, it, it is. I, I agree and, with you. Um, and and here's, here's this woman in Nebraska. I think it was in Nebraska. It was either here or in South Dakota. I can't remember. But here here's this woman, 29 years old, damn well old enough to know better, who was having sex with a 15-year-old student on an ongoing basis, Right. And mm-hmm. all she gets is 90 days in the county jail? That's it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, where's the deterrent for other people to say, well, you know, I better I better steer clear of that, you know, and that's part of what we're seeing here. And, folks, I, I really encourage you to go to Diane's blog at thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com and check out this op-ed, The Police, Gun Control, and Constitutional Carry, because she's got facts, she's got figures in here, she brings up specific cases that, that have all happened very recently. And videos. And, and videos. you got a couple of videos in there. Um, you're not going to win the uh, video blog award of the night, however. No, that goes to you, thankfully. I'm I'm, I'm puffing out my chest. I'll have more on that in a minute. But um, you've got all the facts and figures in there that liberals do not want you to see. And folks, if you think this gun control argument is ever going to go away, you're sadly mistaken. So arm yourself with the facts 
and then arm yourself with a concealed constitutional carry. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till constitutional carry comes in. We're very July close. We're, we're very, very close. close. We already yep. have certain things we're allowed, you know, to do without a concealed yep. uh, permit. People can still keep their firearm in their car. You know, you can have them in your home. But now, not needing concealed carry to constitutional carry is great because we're going back to the way our founders and framers wanted us to be. And we're very close to it right here in my state of Nebraska, thanks to State Senator Tom Brewer and the coalition he has put together in the Nebraska Unicameral. We're going to have it by the end of this legislative session, and there's only about 20 days left in the legislative session. Okay, but we beat you. (laughs) <laughs> well, we started before you, but because we've got uh, an abject moron uh, from the left side of the aisle in our legislature that's been filibustering every damn thing that comes down the line uh, this year, it's taking longer to get bills passed. Um, mm-hmm. But we've got some good ones coming. Folks, we've hit the top of the hour. That means we got to take a quick break. Go to Diane's blog, thepatriofactor.blogspot.com, or go to rspradio1.com. Grab her op-ed, The Police, Gun Control, and Constitutional Carry. With that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'm talking about drunk on woke, but goes broke. Stay with us. There's more Right Side Patriots. After this. Guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's longtime Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out The National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot and Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. We're getting through the Tuesday night edition of the show, and if you miss any part of it, 
go to rsbradio1.com tomorrow. Click the podcast button and this show along with all the rest going to be sitting right there waiting for you. Yes. Okay. So final segment of the show tonight and you know, I've just about had it with the woke nonsense. Well, I actually, I've, I've had it. I've had it for a long time uh, with this woke nonsense. And recently, this whole thing with Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney just let me off. Mm-hmm. Just did. So I put together a commentary, Drunk on Woke, Bud Goes Broke. Now, these days, one of the worst things you can do is misgender someone. Doing so draws the wrath of woke liberal idiots like nothing else. How dare you, you god-awful bigot? You deserve to be canceled and perhaps assaulted should you have the unmitigated gall to venture into any public space. To be clear, misgendering is the act of correctly mentioning some woke fool's actual gender at birth. To be even more clear regarding the subject of misgendering, there are men out there who are pretending to be women and women pretending to be men who pretend to be offended when somebody correctly identifies their true gender. Dylan Mulvaney is a man pretending to be a woman who recently pretended to be offended when Bruce Jenner correctly identified Mulvaney's actual gender. Mulvaney, in a video, went on to say that some men pretending to be women either don't have access to their beans and franks being removed or just don't want to have their beans and franks removed. And he said, and I quote, it doesn't make them any less of a woman, unquote. Well, that's true. They couldn't possibly be any less of a woman than having been born a man. Now, who in the hell is Dylan Mulvaney anyway? Well, he's a social media influencer, and for those unaware of what exactly a social media influencer is... It's an idiot who gets famous on social media because other idiots with no self-awareness or self-respect decide that they want to live vicariously through them. Recently, Diane, due to smoke and mirrors, fame via social media and influencing fellow idiots, Mulvaney has been hired to promote Bud Light and Nike because woke liberals at both those companies suddenly think it's a good idea. At most, men pretending to be women and women pretending to be men make up just shy of 1% of the American population, and both Anheuser-Busch and Nike believe that featuring Mulvaney as a pitchman for Bud Light and sports bras is going to cause cash to just start rolling in. Well, you know what, Craig? As stupid as uh, Ann Alza Bush is, <laughs> there's another company that has to be even more stupid to think that this man could promote their product because he thinks he's a woman. Mulvaney, a guy pretending to be a woman, has also recently picked up an endorsement deal with Tampex. 
Now, I'll start with Bud Light, okay? I'll get to the Tampax thing in a couple of minutes. Bear with me. With Bud Light, their new vice president of marketing, Alicia Heiserscheid, I think I'm pronouncing that right, but I don't care. Heiner Scheid? I don't know. Uh, she stated in an interview, quote, I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light, and it was this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time, and if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light, unquote. She said that she had a, quote, unquote, super clear mandate that, quote, to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand, unquote. She went on to state that she uh, brought to the brand a belief that to evolve and elevate means to incorporate, quote, inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and men, unquote. For their part, Anheuser-Busch said Anheuser-Busch worked with hundreds of influencers across our brands as one of many ways to authentically connect with audiences across various demographics. From time to time, we produce unique commemorative cans for fans and for brand influencers like Dylan Mulvaney. Now, obviously, this Heinerscheid is a woke liberal arts major who's been indoctrinated most likely throughout her government education and certainly at some asylum of higher indoctrination to believe that appealing to less than 1% of her company's possible customer base is far more important than pissing off the other 99%. She also obviously believes that unless woke idiots start drinking Bud Light, the brand simply won't survive. Diane, as for the company, they are certain that the best way to authentically connect to possible future consumers is to form a partnership with a dude pretending to be a woman. Well, I don't think it's quite working out like she thought it would work out, do you? Not really, and uh, you know, if you if you really want to know, you can ask Kid Light, or I mean, Kid Rock, you know, about <laughs> Bud Light. And I, look, folks, I've got nine videos locked and loaded in this particular commentary, and the the video of Kid Rock uh, and his response to Bud Light is in there, and uh, you you really don't want to miss that. The always authentic Kid Rock isn't alone as social media is being flooded by more and more authentic former Bud Light drinkers dumping the brand after the company went woke in favor of the most inauthentic social media influencer imaginable. Truth in advertising would have been much better served had Mulvaney, a guy pretending to be a woman, signed a deal with a beverage pretending to be a beer. O'Doul's, also an Anheuser-Busch product. Next up is Nike. In the video for Nike, 
we see a guy pretending to be a woman marketing sports bras. Now, every real woman and every female at birth athlete should be outraged by what Nike is doing here. They're mocking real women by featuring Dylan Mulvaney, a guy pretending to be a woman to market female athletic wear. In that video, we see Mulvaney doing what he does, mocking and making fun of women. And under that video, I have a video of former Olympic silver medalist Sharon Davies, a real female athlete, telling it like it is. Personally, I haven't bought anything Nike since they went woke with Colin Kaepernick, but think of all the real women in sports today who Nike could have ink to deal with, from golf to basketball, from women's football to gymnastics to track and field, tennis, you name the sport. But they made a woke choice to go with a guy pretending to be a woman. Diane, by all rights, Nike just alienated at least 99% of their potential female customers. Well, I'll tell you well, uh, what else Anna Bush uh, really alienated and destroyed. They destroyed an iconic piece of theirs that will never be looked at the same anymore. Yeah, I, I assume you're talking about the Clydesdales. Yes, yeah. the 9-11 tribute, yes. Um, now, I included the 9-11 tribute, uh, the Budweiser commercial with the Clydesdales, because uh, it's one of the most iconic commercials ever filmed and only aired on television one time. Mm-hmm. And and nobody who ever saw it has ever forgotten it. Um, it it's one of the greatest Budweiser or Anheuser Busch ads ever done. I also one included, of the greatest commercials ever done because yeah. in its simplicity, it sent a very powerful message. Well, and I also included a Nike commercial. The video for that it's the one with Derek Jeter, and mm-hmm. um, you know. That one crosses all sports, crosses the spectrum of sports by tipping its hat to Derek Jeter. Right. You know, why are these companies not doing that? Right. You know, I don't know. Money. In, in the name of going woke, they have delivered to their potential customers Dylan Mulvaney, a freak show rendition and mockery of women. What were what are we all supposed to do? Pretend that we want to buy their products because Mulvaney is on the new high bar standard by which we should all include as an accurate representation of females? I'm sorry. I'm fresh out of give a shits. And then yeah. there's Tampex. Tampex. <laughs> Tampex, <I know>. people. <laughs> There could be no more of a product made specifically for real women than tampons. And Tampex, yes, Tampex, has recently signed a deal with woke social media influencer Dylan Mulvaney, who refers to a vagina as a Barbie pocket. Oh, God. Mulvaney in that video says we have to normalize the bulge. 
normalize the bulge? Dude, there is absolutely nothing normal about a woman in a bikini with a bulge in need of a banana hammock, and nobody in their right mind would ever think there is. That takes pretending. If Dylan Mm -hmm. Mulvaney or anyone else wants to pretend there's something they're not, that's their business. And if Anheuser-Busch, Nike, and Tampax want to pretend that Dylan Mulvaney is going to elevate their sales, that's their business. But do not expect anyone who doesn't need a checkup from the neck up to pretend right along with them or with Mulvaney because it's not going to happen. A bit more than a week ago, swimmer Riley Gaines was assaulted, physically assaulted at a speaking engagement in California because she has spoken out against biological males competing against biological females in sports. Over the past several years, and now with increasing frequency, we're seeing biological males winning sports events against biological females. Diane, next month, Joe Biden will put forth changes to Title IX, which reportedly include allowing biological males to compete on biological female sports teams. And we have heard college professors articulating that there is no difference between skeletal or muscle structure between males and females. We're expected to accept that absurd falsehood as scientific fact. It's total and complete bull. The skeletal system is very different, especially in the the hip area. But what's even more stupid about this is that part of our population is going along with this nonsense. Yeah. You know, it is... You can't... You can pretend all you want until you can change your genetic code. You are as you were born. This is nonsense, folks, that we have been force fed like common core shoved down people's throats. This is being shoved down America's throat, and it's making us look like fools on the world stage. Well, listen, Biden's trying to counter the protection of women and Girls in Sports Act that's being brought to the floor of the House as a way to ban trans athletes from putting biological men on women's sports teams. The act literally protects and codifies Title IX in that it keeps men out of women's sports. But the ilk of former soccer player and always anti-American Megan Rapino has taken a stand against it, saying, quote, Today, politicians in D.C. are claiming to protect women's sports by pushing a trans and intersex sports ban. Call your congressional rep today to say women's sports need protection from unequal pay, sexual abuse, and lack of resources, not from trans kids, unquote. So, how do we put an end to this absurdity? Simple. Biological females need to take a stand. Girls and women who are forced to compete against biological males in sports need to simply walk away from the sports they love. Just quit. Put an end to women's and girls' sports immediately and at every level. Doing that would cause revenue at schools and colleges to drop like an anchor. 
women's professional sports would also suffer a dramatic loss in prospective future players, thus negating their ability to sell tickets and merchandise. Make Megan Rapino proud of something other than her gayness and make it about the bottom line rather than about social media whims, influencers, and make-believe. If trans athletes want a platform, let them create trans sports leagues where those demanding equity can have all of it they can handle as women pretending to be men and men pretending to be women can compete against one another to their heart's delight and we can all just see how many biological women pretending to be men end up winning at those events. And by the way, the dismal numbers came rolling in early last week regarding Bud Light's new marketing ploy and Anheuser-Busch's new vice president of marketing, Alyssa Heinerscheid, probably never saw the go-woke-go-broke thing coming. Around the country, Bud Light sales are plummeting. Fitter's Bar in St. Louis, Anheuser-Busch's front yard, just saw sales of Anheuser-Busch bottled products drop by 30% over the past week, while drought beer is plummeting by 50%. Bud Light normally outsells products like Miller Light and Coors Light 25 to 1 at Braintree Brew House over in Massachusetts. But last week, 80%, 80% of Bud Light drinkers were drinking something else. One pub in Hell's Kitchen, that's a New York neighborhood known for its large and vocal gay community, even reported that Bud Light draft sales dropped 58% last week, while Bud Light bottles were down by 70%. Obviously, Anheuser-Busch owns a whole lot of different brands, so if you're looking for alternatives to the AB lineup, I've included in my blog at thenationalpatriot.com a a link that you can click on to if you want to see every single product Anheuser-Busch has so you know which ones to avoid. Diane, there's so much more I could say on this topic, and I may as, you know, things move in the future. But for now, I'm going to leave you with words of authentic women, of an authentic woman, I should say, with common sense and grounded in reality. Candace Owens is perhaps the clearest voice on this and so many other topics today. And what she has to say regarding Dylan Mulvaney is so spot on Everybody deserves to hear it. And I've got her video response locked and loaded at the bottom of this particular commentary. Obviously, Anheuser-Busch has gone from promoting their iconic brand with the proud Clydesdales to using a real horse's ass. Well, I want to say two things at this point. Where the hell are all the women libbers? Remember the women libbers who were, you know, we stand behind our sisters and Uh and all of that. You don't hear a peep out of them. Second, don't lump gay people. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking in general. Don't lump gay people in with transgender people. They're two totally different entities. Most gay people are as appalled at transgenders as we are. 
they know that a lot of those so-called transgenders are afraid to admit that they're gay. You know, I, I look at this Dylan Mulvaney character. What a this, joke. This guy's a flake. I mean, I don't know oh, how and else to by the way, this Did you know he doesn't pretend to actually be a woman woman? He pretends to be a 12-year-old pre-adolescent type woman. He's not I'm even good at that. About him. He's not yeah. even good at that. And I don't know that he okay. is actually legitimately pretending to be a 12-year-old girl, but he certainly comes off as a 12-year-old girl. I mean, yeah, that's what he, the guard said. You know, but but listen. A 12-year-old girl would not be a pitch person for a beer company. A 12-year-old girl would not be a pitch person for sports bras. A 12-year-old girl That's what makes it all the more ludicrous. Well, but but he's he's he doesn't I don't think he believes he's a 12-year-old girl. I think he's mocking women by pretending to be a 12-year-old girl. I mean, oh, yeah, just, of this, course. this guy of is course. this guy is such a flake. I mean, Folks, I've got video after video after video. I've got nine videos locked and loaded in this commentary at thenationalpatriot.com. You've got to see these videos. Where were his parents in all his make-believe fantasies? Uh, I'm sure they're proud. Yeah, must be Uh, so proud. I'm sure they're proud. And, folks, I I, I didn't put it in the blog. I, I didn't see any reason for it, but I'll bring it up here. Watch the watch these videos and tell me this guy doesn't have a serious eating disorder. Oh, he's anorexic on top of it. Absolutely. I mean, he's making a mockery of women. And and by the way, he's cut nothing off. No. What did he call them his beans or whatever? Well, I call them beans and franks because I've got that video in here too. And people, if if, okay. if you've been to see uh, There's Something About Mary, you know the, the scene I included. Um you know, this this is just this is just ludicrous. And when you have people like Riley Gaines and Sharon Davies, um, you know, uh, speaking out against this, these are two absolute top level athletes. Okay, yeah. um, Bruce Jenner is speaking out against this. Bruce Jenner. Yeah. I wonder if Bruce Jenner. Uh, kind of regrets the mutilation he's done to himself i i you know i i have no idea uh he seems because pretty, he's a conservative he's he actually seems, a conservative he seems pretty comfortable in his own skin i'll give him that you know if he needs to regret anything he should uh regret the plastic surgery to the face <laughs> oh yeah well you know. he, all of the surgery you know yeah. um but, you know, I mean, here you've got Bruce Jenner, one of the most well-known transgender people out there, okay? And he says this is wrong. He says that Dylan Mulvaney is wrong. He says that biological men should not be able to compete in, in biological women's right. sports. I right. mean, you know, look. If Bruce wants to pretend that that he's Caitlin and change his name and and do the whole thing, that's his business. Okay. Right. Uh, if I don't want to pretend along with him, that's my business. 
Exactly. And, and you know, if he wants people to respect his business, then he needs to respect my business. Well, first of all, I don't respect any company that goes along with something that is pretending. No, that's why I say, you know, if you want to hire Dylan Mulvaney to, to push a beer, make it O'Doul's. It's a beverage pretending to be a beer. He's a guy pretending to be a woman. It makes more sense. Yeah. And a butt ugly woman at that. You know, I mean, I'll probably have more to say about, you know, this whole woke nonsense deal, you know, down the road. But, you know, for right now, you need to, folks, you got to see these videos. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, watch the Budweiser ad. Watch the uh, the Derek Jeter Nike ad. If you want to see class ads, if you want to see advertising that reaches the broadest spectrum of people, watch those two ads that I put in here. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to see an idiot, watch Dylan Mulvaney. You know, first of this this whole thing with influencers. Who follows really influencers but people that have no lives of their own? Exactly. That's I mean that's exactly the way I put it, you know, in the yeah. commentary. Um Diane, you asked me a question the other day about Dylan Mulvaney and Tampax. Oh yeah. That, well I didn't ask you a question. I also made a statement at the end of the question. Yeah, Diane says as to where he's going to put the Tampax. Exactly. What well, what is Tampax mm-hmm. thinking? You know, there's really only one orifice available to him, and it doesn't really yeah. do any good. No. <laughs> no, mean. it it's sick. This whole transgender thing is sick. You're male or you're female. There are a rare, very minuscule percentage of the population that are born with sexual characteristics of both sexes, but it's usually corrected soon after birth to be more of the the internal workings. Right. Folks, I hope you'll go to my blog, thenationalpatriot.com. Grab the article and share it everywhere. Drunk on woke, bud goes broke. You can get it at mm-hmm. thenationalpatriot.com or rspradio1.com. Either place you can find uh, that article. If you just go to rspradio1.com, Diane's op-ed, my commentary, they're both right there. You know, that, that makes it about as easy as it can possibly be. But with that, yes. Diane, you and I have run out of time. Yes, and with that... Nighty night, folks. Have a great night, folks. Have a great rest of the week. We'll catch up with you again on Friday. Bye-bye.